who's the girl? That seems to be the question that is still going on to this day. That is right. This episode, we are covering all things Ray, doing a lovely deep dive with my special guest. All this and more on Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge. And I have with me my first female co-pilot. You know her from the awesome Trinity that is Star Wars Podcasts from Resistance Broadcast. It's Lacey Gillerin. How are you tonight? Good. How's it going? I'm happy oh my, to be here. Oh, my God. So much is happening. Like... Even though I've kind of muted everything Mandalorian related, uh, some spoilers are <laughs> yeah. still slipping through, yep. um, especially that one. And I'm like, oh, it's a good job I got a sneaky peek because that would have been bad if that got ruined. But uh, we're not yeah. here to discuss the Mandalorian or anything. I mean, God, this whole like <laughs> last three weeks and it's going to get crazy on Friday when Jedi Fallen Order comes out. But um, we are here to talk about our girl Ray, but first of all, for the listeners or viewers, yeah. um, tell us a little bit about yourself and also kind of your place in the Star Wars fandom. So it's funny you say place in the Star Wars fandom because I feel like a year and a half ago I would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy year and a half, year, year eight months for me. Um, my name is Lacey. I am a part of the Resistance broadcast, uh, the official podcast of Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, we also do a new show called The Mando Fan Show, which is specifically Mandalorian. Um, but I am a co-host on the Resistance broadcast. I was brought on about a year and a half, year, eight months ago. Um, John randomly was like, hey, you like Star Wars? You want to talk about Star Wars? And I was like, all right. And then <laughs> here I am. So I guess my place in fandom is uh, just loving Star Wars, talking about it twice a week. Uh, meeting new people, having fun, and just overwhelmed with the support <laughs> that we have uh, for our podcast and just for people to want to listen to me talk about Star Wars, which I would have never have imagined this a year yeah. and a, eight months ago. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. How did John find you, by the way? So funny story. <laughs> so funny story about John and I. So... John lives in Connecticut. He lives about mm -hmm. 25 minutes from me, and I grew up in Connecticut as well. We grew up literally 20 minutes from each other and never knew each other. Oh, wow. um, so I followed him a while ago, I feel. I feel like if you ever have him on, he'll be like, I followed her first, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'll get the answer in January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, um, I worked for a company that needed advertising from Star Wars Newsnet. So I reached out to John and was like, hey, I'm looking for some advertising opportunities. And we were chatting. And I happened to be in Disneyland at the time because the company I used to work for, I had a lot of travel. Um, and he was like, okay, well, get back to me when you get back in, to your house. I was like, okay, I'll be back in Connecticut on Tuesday. And he's like, Connecticut, where do you live? And I was like, oh, here. And he was just like, I live 20 minutes from there. Um, That's hilarious. And so then <laughs> it started into, hey, I see you like Star Wars. Uh, would you be interested in maybe coming on the show once in a while? And I was like, yeah, sure. So then I had to do this really intimidating interview call with John and James, which is so funny now that you think about it because mm. of where we are as like friends. Um, you know, we've shared a hotel room together. I know a lot about them now. <laughs> but 
to start off when we did this like call they were just asking me star wars questions i remember my hands were sweating so bad because i was like are they like judging what i know about star wars and then john asked me like so what do you think about raylo and he had this look on his face like i'm asking you but i don't really want to know so i mean i i I was honest i was like i I support it i think it's kind of cool um and then that was it i swore a lot i i have the mouth of a truck driver please swear but then feel comfortable here no no no, no. Yeah. i i do not i do this thing where i don't really swear on podcasts i, I Fair try enough. Okay. try not to uh every once in a while it slips but uh <laughs> when i'm just like super passionate about it it just comes out so um, yeah. james was like she can be on but she's gotta like not swear and i was like i'm so sorry uh so that's where it started and then it is what it is now which is unreal you know we're just doing crazy things and we were on the podcast stage at celebration and going to New York Comic Con yeah it's just been a whirlwind actually and then we were on the Star Wars show with our reactions it was just it's just been un I I keep saying unreal but like it's literally unreal I couldn't have imagined this Mm. a year in however many you know March 2018 I wouldn't have imagined being here in this position that's that's really cool. To be fair, I, I, I experienced that slightly, actually, waiting for mm. your show to start at um, Star mm. Wars Celebration. I was with, I guess now, Scotty J. Rowe, Jerry, so the bom- basic now, the bom- Bombad cast. You guys need, yes. to have like a re- you need to have like a resistance broadcast network now because you've got me, <laughs> you've got Bombad cast, you've got a couple of, but like, Jerry was like, your postcards from the galaxy's edge. I was like, oh my God, you know? And I just, yeah, Aww. like, we had this Jerry's moment. Jerry's the best. Jerry is the sweetest guy. I mean, oh. you're very sweet too it's weird because i'm saying it to your face it's like easier to say to like not your face being like oh they're the best but like when you say it to someone you get awkward um but meeting everybody at celebration was just hands down one of the best weekends of my life and john says it too so does james yeah um just meeting everybody and you know people like you where i talk to you guys all the time online um i have more online friends than i have like in-person friends i don't care what that sounds like i have more (laughs) online friends so meeting those people even if it's one weekend a year is just it it makes me so so happy and i finally found my belonging which is what i said at the panel and almost started crying Mm. and it's so true it's like i have been searching my whole life to find where i fit in the puzzle of this this world similar to like luke skywalker or ray and i finally found that and i just don't know i'm like so worried it's gonna end but hopefully not (laughs) nah i think you got too many like friends and supporters that Mm -hmm. it'll be okay yeah yeah. no i i know what you mean because like i I, it's funny i think we both were at star wars celebration in london just obviously i think you were you were working it i was i I was there just for like one of the three days i was there the second day i got like Mm -hmm. the three day pass just in case like my better half wanted to come Mm because i live in brighton which is um well it's literally the sea is like five minutes that way but it's like an hour train ride into london so it's still a bit of a trek but i i thought going from london to oh chicago i I got an idea no like it was so much bigger and just the excitement i don't know i guess because i was very hesitant because of obviously Mm -hmm. all the the negativity that's kind of been the last couple of years and i was like oh god are we gonna have to like deal with this in person and then actually no, it was it's like, a small minority they're just super loud <laughs> <sighs> it's 
tell me about it. But mm-hmm. um, it's funny, actually. I could tell you the exact episode that got me listening to you guys in Resistance Broadcast. You guys were talking about the Vader fan film. Ah. <laughs> and you were like, I can't stop looking at the shoes. And I was like, I love this woman. Like, <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's like Palpatine went to pay less. I was like, okay, cool, cool. What What's with the shoes? And then I'm obsessive. So then I'll sit there and be like, but the shoes are wrong. But the shoes are wrong. And they could do whatever cool things they're doing with the special effects and the storyline, whatever. The shoes just took me out of it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and, fair, and fair play to Star Wars theory, dude. Like, awesome, yeah. you do you and things. But I think it was like, because all some of the other ones, I hadn't quite got into the like listening to so many Star, Star Wars podcast scene. And all of them were sure. just kind of like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm just like, but don't say it's better than actual stuff. And then you said something, and I was just like, yep, she gets it. And I was like, because I had been on Star Wars Newsnet on the cantina, you know, the forums for yes, yeah. years. But then I was like, I just happened to, I was on the train. It's like, oh, it's a podcast. Let me have a listen. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm hooked. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That's so yeah. nice to say. We put a lot of work into it. And um, if there's one thing that I pride ourselves on is we're super positive. We want to have fun, but we're not afraid of being honest. Correct. Uh, that's been important to me as a person, but also to uh, the guys too. Is that we if we don't like something, we say it. We say it in a constructive, fun mm. way. Yeah. But like, if we don't like it, <laughs> we're gonna say it. I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, everything's wonderful because we're humans. We we're not gonna agree on every single thing. And John and I often don't. And it's actually quite uh, <laughs> fascinating when it isn't because it's, I think it's a beautiful kind of demonstration of how more people should learn to agree to disagree. Like, of I course, love it when yeah. you guys get passionate. I think it's like two episodes ago, you, you, you guys were very passionate and then you're like, okay, cool, moving on. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, Let's it's, laugh for the next 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so kind of leading into that, we're going to lead into, um, for anyone new listening or who's joined us before, uh, this is Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge and uh, this podcast basically broadcasts from a canon planet and my co-host gets to decide so where are we going to today uh it was a tough decision this was probably (laughs) one of the toughest decisions i've made in my life was picking a specific planet it took way too long and i'm so sorry about that uh dagobah i picked dagobah Nice. So we're going to hand it over to Jerry, who we actually were just mentioning earlier, and he's going to tell us some canon facts. Thanks, Shannon. Grab your galoshes, because we're heading to Swampy Dagobah. Dagobah was a planet in the Dagobah system. Huh. Imagine that. And one of the purest places in the galaxy within the Force. A remote world of swamps and forests, it served as a refuge for Jedi Master Yoda during his exile after the destruction of the Jedi Order. Luke Skywalker received advanced training in the ways of the Force under Jedi Master Yoda on Dagobah, and it was later the place of Yoda's death and transformation into the Force. Spoiler alert, I guess. Dagobah has had many canon appearances, most notably Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and The Clone Wars. If you are liking what you hear of me, you can always find me on the Bombad cast with Scotty J. Rowe. So stay Bombad and back to you, Captain Shannon. Cool. Thanks for that, Jerry. So why did we pick Dagobah? What's so why why is Dagobah your canon planet of choice? Way to go, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> is it Dagobah or Dagobah? I don't know. I think it's kind of that tomato tomato thing. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I didn't say it wrong. <laughs> I just no, I, I say I say Dagobah, but I've got some weird American British thing going on now. So 
totally fine i just like had a moment that i was like am i saying it wrong uh so dagobah i picked dagobah because we're introduced to yoda there uh and i feel like yoda is the star wars character you know Mm. when i was little and because i started on the original trilogy um when i was introduced to yoda i was like this is something that is so cool that is beyond anything i could have ever imagined he is coaching this Jedi, um, and he's like this little tiny green alien, and he's hilarious, and he was trolling him. He has a great sense of humor. Um, outside of that, m- me as a person, I'm very determined. I-, I like to challenge myself. I like to face fears, with the exception of the dark and big, deep water and bugs. But, like, <laughs> challenges, <laughs> I like to face my fears with challenges. Like, I'm not afraid to turn away from something, and I feel like Dagobah pretty much encompasses that of Luke taking on those challenges and facing his fears and coming out the other side, a a better, stronger person. Um, And that's how I basically live my life. So it made sense. Mm. Nice. That and Jakku was taken. So I know, which is a shame. (laughs) I know. The listeners are like, you just gave this beautiful answer and you just ruined it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, it's true because that actually would have tied in lovely with our subject tonight, which Mm -hmm. is going to be our girl, Ray. But that's okay. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. It doesn't have to tie in. So, yeah, we're going to talk about kind of Rey as a character and like kind of almost her evolution so far. So kind of like her introduction in The Force Awakens, kind of her, I don't know how we want to call it. It's kind of like her not coming of age yet, but we definitely see her more challenged and kind of going out of her comfort zone. And then kind of what we predict and kind of to use John's phrase, speculation nation a little bit about where the character is going in episode nine. Right. So kind of John with the catchy phrases. He just gets into everything. (laughs) I know. I I did actually message him. I was like, so I want to kind of do some live streams and I like your speculation nation. Do you mind if I use it? He's like, yeah, go for it. Thanks for asking. But yeah, go for it. I was like, okay. (laughs) I'm just going to throw all his phrases into this whole episode. So when he goes to listen to it, he's going to be like, lazy. He's going to say book it like every five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I find myself saying it all the time. It's like, oh, no, that's another one. (laughs) Uh, so what was it about Ray that grabbed you the first time? Like, do you have a, a moment or a memory that you were just like, oh, I like this character. This is this is my jam kind of thing. Or like, how, how did she kind of really start touching your life? So Ray has, first of all, one of the best soundtracks, the best themes, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has one of the best introductions in the series, if not in Star Wars. We just did our TFA commentary on Patreon for Resistance Broadcast. And when she opens that like panel flap and then she's like looking, digging through the ship and she's jumping down on the rope, it, everything about it is perfect. As like this girl that's all by herself, she's tough, she doesn't need anybody, she's doing it on her own, but yet she has this urge to, to go on adventures and to do more. Um, But honestly, the moment I connected with Rey the most was the first time I saw The Force Awakens and we go through the whole movie and we're kind of like going along on this journey and I'm waiting for Luke Skywalker to show up and I see Han because I'm original trilogy. So they were the ones I was looking for first. Um, But the moment she grabbed the lightsaber was I was done for. The moment she put it in her hand, I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I call Uh, it the Excalibur moment. Yes, because... It, it's hard to explain to an outside audience, unless you're a woman. 
And I, and I don't want to say like, oh, women, because I feel like that's a hot topic that everyone's always like, ah, oh, shut up. But mm. I, as a woman growing up, Leia was tough. Leia didn't need guys. She taught me how to speak my mind and to fight for what I believe in. I do not regret growing up with Leia. However, I feel like I would be a little different if I grew up with Rey because she is a Jedi. And mm-hmm. I grew up with Luke, who I adore and love Luke, and I, and I really connect with him. Um, but to see Leia grab, Le- Leia. Rey <laughs> grab that lightsaber, uh, I honestly squealed in the theater. I was the only one. I was like, <laughs> yes. And I teared up because I was like, this is the moment. My whole life of being a Star Wars fan and being a woman in Star Wars and having a woman grab the lightsaber, it just meant more than anyone could ever imagine. I'm sure you feel the same way. It was just one of those moments that I was like, this is it. This is my time. <laughs> I'm a Jedi now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's so funny because you literally picked like the three moments that I was going to say was mine because you're absolutely Perfect. right. It's a brilliant introduction to her because the way even the costumes are done and everything, you don't mm-hmm. even know if this is a human. Like if we hadn't right. had, say, the trailers where we kind of saw her, we would have been like, is this a human? Is this? And then it literally is just a... Right. Again, this is going to be audio. No one's seeing me, you know, pantomiming <laughs> the uh, motions there. And yeah, the right. theme is just what I love about the Ray theme is it can be gentle. It can be epic. I mean, my God, that D23 trailer just showed that like the minute like it crescendoed in and it's the Ray theme. And I think it was you that said it. If we're not sure who's our protagonist now, we certainly <laughs> know now. Like, right, it's right. insane. But no, I was I was the same way. And I it took me. The second time watching The Force Awakens that in that music cue is I call it kind of that the moment, the spark or whatever, because that is the exact same music cue of when Luke sees Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen charred in A New Hope. And that's that moment that everything changes. Right. There's no turning back. Yeah. Yes, well said. Absolutely. There's no turning back. So how did you find it? So, of course, after The Force Awakens came out, then there was this whole... <sighs> it was it called? Mary Jane? Or no. Um, Mary Sue. Mary Sue kind of thing. Because mm. I wasn't privy to this phrase before all this. And this is right. when I was just starting to kind of get into all the content creation and getting on the message boards and things like that. And... I don't know. Sometimes I found it a bit, not annoying, because I feel everyone's entitled to their opinions and things, but it was just a Mm -hmm. bit frustrating where it's like some of the the things they were saying, I'm like, but Anakin does this as a boy. Like, what's the difference? Like, I don't know. Like, right. Right. Yeah. No, there's there's no difference, (laughs) not even just from Anakin, but from Luke as well. You have Luke, who's a whiny 19 year old who wants to go to the Tashi station. Uh, and then all of a sudden is picking up lightsabers, flying X-Wings. And yeah, he had experience flying them on his planet on Tatooine. But with Rey, they explain everything. She was left on this planet. She had to learn how to fight and take care of herself or she would die. Mm. Um, she is naturally gifted in the Force, stronger than she knows, as Kylo says. And she learned how to fly things and build and be a mechanic from a need, a necessity Mm. to survive on Jakku. And I feel oftentimes when people make this argument of, oh, she's so perfect, she has no flaws. That's not necessarily true because she failed the first time she met Kylo Ren. He put her to sleep. Or 
when you first see her fly the Millennium Falcon at the beginning of uh, The Force Awakens, she spends about probably 30 to 40 seconds of the movie trying to figure out how it moves. And she takes things off of it. She crashes into stuff. She tears stuff up. She's not a perfect character. She runs mm-hmm. away from her responsibilities when faced by Maz of, you need to do this. This is your path. She reject- She completely rejects it. So mm-hmm. to say she's absolutely perfect, that is not true. However, for people to be like, oh, well, how is she so gifted in mind tricks and stuff like that? They've explained that when she connected minds with Kylo Ren and they had that force bond that's kind of initiated in The Force Awakens, she somewhat downloaded those tricks from him and felt something that she didn't feel before and then for her to fight him in the forest that came from her fight training on Jakku which we see at the beginning of the movie when she's beating those two guys up yeah so I think yeah, they it's just purposely crazy put that in there to almost mm-hmm. sorry to dovetail over you no, I think no. they almost put that purposely in there to be like okay god I, I maybe it's because I'm an editor and things <laughs> so I, I yep. I'm like yep it's put in there for a reason. There's a reason why Finn goes to save her. And then you're saying, no, she can. Yeah, she's struggling, but she can take care of herself. In yeah. The, you know, there's there's reasons why things are kind of put in there. And you actually just brought something that I, how could I forget? The Force flashback. Yes. Yeah. Force Awakens. That was another moment that I think for everyone made kind of people go, who's the girl? Like, right. You know, because I mean, like we've Maz, never, yeah. yeah, we've never seen anything like that in Star Wars, and um, I still have a theory. We're gonna see Knights of Ren and Rey. I think that I'm hoping now that JJ is back, it'll be a nice back to one where we'll actually see that premonition almost kind of come to pass. But I don't know. That's kind of my premonition head, come into fruition. There you go. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's something I really want to see is the Knights of Ren. I feel like that was a missed opportunity in in The Last Jedi, but Ryan had said it was just too many things all at Mm. once, which makes sense. It's his Mm. movie. Um, But yeah, one of the things I saw online actually was someone had said, oh, that must be when they were at the Jedi Academy and they ruined everything. I was like, those are two completely different scenes. You see a clear as night day, like a clear as day night. (laughs) <laughs> where Luke is touching R2-D2 and you see fire and flames and everything, but there's like a starry sky and there's grass and everything. And then they cut to that, which is like stormy, wet, and mud. Yeah. I was like, those are not the same scenes. They did not happen at the same time. But I'm interested and hope that J.J. pulls it all together, which I I am 100% on board. I think he can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, here's my interesting thing. You know the guy that Kylo Ren stabs in the premonition? Yes, yes. It's, he has the same shaped helmet as the guy he arm barges in yes. episode nine. And I was just like... Body slams. Yes. I was like, hmm. So that's why I'm like, maybe we do get a back to one. But again, if it doesn't happen, fine. You know, I've learned right, my right. lesson going into The Last Jedi. Have your head cannon, but don't be tied to it. Because I was I was the whole, she's a Kenobi. Nope. Oh, <laughs> I still want her to be a Kenobi. That, okay. that hasn't changed. I still want that. Um, I love <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's the GOAT. I say it all the time on the podcast, but um, I was really hoping she was too because that force back, force vision, mm. they brought in Ewan McGregor to read a line. I was like, why would they have him in there? And yeah, he's, an, you know, he's a Jedi, but there are so many other people they could have chosen to be in that, but they chose him. So why him? And to and also make, take Alec yeah. Guinness is um, mm-hmm. him saying afraid, but then making it just say Ray. So we even yes. hear Alec Guinness say Ray. I mean, that's what made me perk up in the cinema. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> right. And the trunk looks like his trunk. And 
everything about it is like, oh, it's Obi-Wan. So when Ma said, oh, who's the girl? I was like, she's a Kenobi. Because it would bring it full circle that Anakin and Obi-Wan are meeting up again in a way via Mm. bloodline of the two people. I'm still for it, guys. If it happens, I'll (laughs) still be pumped. If it doesn't, I'll still be pumped, whatever. But yeah, no, I'd love. That's my headcanon. I would love for that to happen. It's not going to, but. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. That being said, kind of now dovetailing into Ray, kind of in the Last Jedi. So yeah, I I went in again, same with you, thinking she's mm-hmm. going to be someone. Because if you think about it, to be fair, the prequels. I mean, everybody was related to somebody in somehow. Right. So we, we can't blame the fandom and people right. thinking that and expecting that. I mean, my God, you had Boba Fett's dad is the clone, the head clone of all the clone <laughs> troops. I mean. Chewbacca met Yoda. I mean, they, everything kind of was like this. It was a very small universe, so I got that. But um, right. you know, but then it was one of those. I kind of had to sit on it a little bit with the she's nobody because then it's a nice reversal to where Luke Skywalker had the legacy. She wants to have a legacy, but she doesn't. She has to come right. to terms with it. Kind and of then thing. Kylo has the legacy, and he's going the wrong way with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's a nice kind sense. of. Mm-hmm that happening but um absolutely so, well how is how is your take on her um representation kind of in the last shed because it's funny like my better half actually doesn't like how she's in the second one she's like she's so bossy and just i was like really so it's interesting like did you like the portrayal did you think it kind of went a different direction or i think it made sense with who she is the, the choices she made um i felt that she cried a lot And I said that after the movie came out, I was like, she cries the majority of this movie. Like, she's always crying, which I get it. I would be crying, too, with all the stuff she had to go through. But, like, there was a lot of crying and tears and, like, a lot of, like, the one tear role. Um, (laughs) But I left The Last Jedi somewhat, like, not somewhat, very sad, (laughs) but also um, thinking that it was Kylo's movie, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because she's the hero and I left loving Kylo Ren more Mm -hmm. than Rey. I think I said this on the podcast, but uh, I would have really liked to her for her to accept his offer. I thought that that would have been an interesting turn Mm. because she cannot, she can accept his offer and not go bad. Mm -hmm. So it would have been interesting to me, but I think the whole thing with her and Luke was interesting because you're meeting your heroes and you're, you know, the myth of who this person is and they totally let you down. I mean, that's just life in general. And like growing up, you meet all these people that you're like, Oh, they're going to be my mentor. or Oh, they're my hero. And then you meet them and they're not, by the way, I've met Mark Hamill. He's absolutely lovely. So he is exactly what you think he's going to be. He is a hero, but (laughs) in the movie, he is not, he's grumpy. Um, and it was very disappointing that he was so grumpy, but I think Ray is an in what in the last Jedi she was unfortunately in a position that she was reacting to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I want to see her in the next movie taking charge and being the hero, yeah, and and deciding for herself what to do. But I think she needed a movie where she was just kind of going with the flow and figuring out who's who and what's going on. Because you have to remember, this is like a day after The Force Awakens. It's the next day. (laughs) Yeah, well, this was going to be my next question to you is, do you feel, I mean, I think that was, I will always think that was a very interesting and brave choice. But do you think that kind of 
hurt some character developments and not just for Ray, but just like in general, not having, because I think like there's what, like a quote, three year gaps between like a new hope mm-hmm. empires mm-hmm. where we don't have that. And so it's cool. Cause we're like, Oh yeah, we're literally picking right back up. But then it also really kind of compacts things. Do you think things might've played out better or maybe reception to it would have been a bit better if there was a time gap or. I think the reception with, the last jedi isn't related to timing it's related to luke skywalker well yeah (laughs) like my older sister loves star wars like me not as much as me but she loves it uh and she told me that she hated that movie and she refuses to watch another movie which she'll probably go see it anyway but she was like very adamant that she was like i am against this and i was like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, there are things I don't like about it. Cough, cough, can bite. But, like, it's not, like, the worst thing I've ever watched. If there was more time, it probably would have been interesting because Ray had more time to train and, and become who she is. But I think we're going to get that in the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you needed it to be right after because you needed the resistance to be right on, like, be followed by the First Order. Like, the First Order's right on top of the Resistance, and that wouldn't have happened if you didn't do it immediately after. Mm. And it wouldn't have happened if Rey went to go find Luke. Like, you can't spend a year looking for Luke because she has to no, go that right is there. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the dynamic between her and Kylo, like, they needed to do it immediately because otherwise he, he's going to just keep hating her and she's going to keep hating him. But they needed that immediate, like, okay, we're past this. Mm. Um, so I'm interested to see where that goes in the next one as well. But no, I don't think time would have helped or changed or mm-hmm. done anything for the movie. Um, because there are just so many things that were dependent on it happening immediately after The Force Awakens. Okay, no, that's cool. That's that's fair. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good take. Um, I think what I one of the things I did like about the portrayal, I know you were saying she was crying a lot. I'd like there's a vulnerability. But yes. If yeah. you've noticed, she only shows that vulnerability to one person. And I yep. call it the, and then she goes and puts the mask on. And, you know, I, I kind of wrote my own little fan fiction about this. But, you know, like mm-hmm. she, she only, she has that like public face, you know. And then now it's only with Ben. And I'll say Ben, not Kylo, but Ben, that <laughs> there is that kind yeah. of vulnerability. And it's funny. I I call myself a Raylo light because it's like I can see like the romantic connection if you wanted. But I'm also like one of those. I could also there is just kind of you can have an intimacy and it not go romantic. Like I know it's going to sound sure. a bit bizarre, but like. I'm epileptic and if I have a seizure in front of someone, someone who's like not scared of and just kind of keeps everybody calm and is like, everything's okay. There's, there's like almost kind of like an intimacy there because you're just like, that person has to look after me. But then right. it, I, I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but it's one of no, those, you are. they've, they've kind of shared this, like this, I guess this, uh, what's it? They force both bond. Are, yeah. With the force bond, because they both are incredibly lonely. Like, yes, it's it's fascinating that both our characters they still leave lonely like right. even ray does a bit because you see it when she's looking at finn and rose like that's not a jealousy anyone who says she's jealous mm-mm-mm. she's definitely not that's a longing for hoping that ben was going to come with her yeah oh, okay i took it as in like oh yeah i guess yeah that's kind of how i took it too so so yeah i am um, i jumping slightly back to the force wagons i never saw <laughs> raylo 
not that I just didn't even really know what it was. And then it wasn't until like I saw The Last Shadow that actually my better half was like, is it wrong? I kind of want like Kylo and Rey to get back, to get together. So <laughs> I was getting that vibe. But, and then that's what yeah. I learned about like Raylo yeah. and everything. And I was just like, oh, okay. So funny thing, I left the theater in 2015 hating Kylo Ren, like mm. hating him because I'd watched Girls with Adam Driver and he oh. basically, Kylo Ren is Adam Sackler, the character, just with mm-hmm. a mask on. Like he yells, he carries on, he acts like a brat. Like that's who the character is. <laughs> um, and then... I kind of like read more about him and his background. Um, I read fan fiction and stuff like that. And then I got into like, maybe there is more to this. So by the mm-hmm. time anything for Last Jedi started coming out, I was looking at it as, okay, what if he's not this bad guy? And then it changed my perspective. So I went into The Last Jedi being like, oh, I really hope something happens between them. And then literally they're talking to each other in their minds like, 10 minutes in and I was like oh word I got what I wanted great <laughs> like, oh they woke up next to each other weird <laughs> um, yeah no I think you know I get asked about the Raylo thing a lot because I think I'm one of those people that's just pretty open about it mm-hmm. um, but I I think I'm for it I, I would be okay if it happened but I'd also be okay if it didn't happen yeah. I'd be okay if he loved her and she didn't love him back I'd be okay if they were just really close friends I'm not okay with them being related. And I think people need to let that one go. Yeah. Uh, Because I, you know, I say this all the time. He wouldn't have, as a screenwriter, filmmaker, film video production person, everything, like you said, that they show on screen, anything that they do slow pushes into, anything that they show to you for numerous seconds is them trying to tell you something. And Mm -hmm. they're being very obvious about it. Yeah. They wouldn't have had Kylo Ren stand in front of Rey without a shirt on if they were related. <laughs> True. They wouldn't they wouldn't have greased him up and had her stand there and be like, "Uh uh, uh what? Can you put a shirt on?" if it was moment. her brother. <laughs> like it it wouldn't have happened. It, it who does that? I don't have brothers, but like I'm not going to like oogle my brother if I did have one. That's just weird. So why would they do that? At the end of the day, it's a Disney movie. So I think that's the moment that they needed. First of all, as Ryan said, he needed a moment that she would take a step back and not go in headstrong and yelling at him. So the first thing that would like make her like, oh my God, what's going on? Is like to take a piece of clothing off of him because yeah. he's gigantic. But I think there's also this connection that I didn't pick up on the first time I saw The Force Awakens, but, like, multiple times after I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, there's something going on here. And, like, the interrogation scene, there's, like, some type of push here and there. They're still enemies, though. Mm. Whereas The Last Jedi, there are numerous moments that you're like, she is connecting with this other human being because he feels the same things that she feels. He, for the people at home, uh, (laughs) Ben was raised by people that J.J. Abrams said in 2015, like when he's kind of going around talking about The Force Awakens, sometimes good people are bad parents. Mm. So, yeah, we love Han. Yeah, we love Leia. But they just didn't handle him right. Mm. And he was being preyed on from a little kid. So then for him to find that in Ray, being like, oh, she was alone. She feels alone. I feel alone. We're both going through the same thing. That's what's going on here. And I don't know how other people can't understand that. They're like, oh, he's a Nazi. Oh, all these other things. 
Ray is wonderful. She's forgiving. She's compassionate, which is what Carrie Fisher had said about the role and about her forgiving Kylo Ren. So it says something about Ray as a character mm. that she's willing to look at the villain and say, you know what? You're not that bad. Mm-hmm. And that's an important message to send to anyone. Yeah. It's like someone <laughs> could be really, really bad. Maybe they just need a hug. Maybe they just need to like. You need a cuddle. Hug it out. Or like, I don't know, find some type of compassion between another human being and themselves. Because you'll be surprised how many nasty people on the internet turn nice real quick when you just say, hey, are you okay? Or, hey, what's going on? How are you? Yeah. So I feel like the whole movie was spent as Ray and Kylo trying to get to know each other. But I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they go in the next one. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it's interesting, like when you say about, you know, good people can be bad parents, I I kind of always took it as they just never left the war. Like, right. Like, Leia, I mean, think about it. I mean, that's going to happen. Like, you've been in in conflict for decades. Her whole life. And I think, like, they even touch on this a little bit in Last Shot, where it's like, how do you go then to normal life? Like, you can't kind of thing. And then, so that's, and then it's also, I, I also have it kind of, in my head canon, that Ben is also kind of protective of Ray because he's seen what happens when people are like on this pedestal and like because this is one of the things I wanted to discuss with you. Some of the mm-hmm. questions that maybe people aren't quite thinking or not talking about. There's a couple things like when Ray lifts those rocks. I call that like the Messiah moment because like nobody knows she can do this. Not even Finn. Right. Like Finn Nobody. got taken out. He doesn't even know she grabbed the lightsaber, you know, and all of a sudden here is this beacon of light. That's a lot of pressure. Like I have it in my head. I mean, Resistance Reborn kind of answers some of these questions, but like I had it in my head. They're going to make her like the force, the face of the resistance. And what if the she doesn't want Jay. to? Be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what mm-hmm. if she doesn't want to? She doesn't want to. And that pressure and him almost kind of in the force connection being like, they're using you. You don't even, you know, want this right. kind of thing. And the other thing is they have an incredible secret. Like nobody knows as of now that we know of right, uh, right. about the throne room. Let's talk about that throne room. Like, holy God, like nobody knows what truly happened. And I mean, I'm always like, what's Chewbacca going to say? Because he's going to be like, yep, I just chipped out, you know, my adopted daughter to you know yeah. like no she I- fedexed herself to him she was like i'm going first class mail please <laughs> send me out we going <laughs> yeah yeah no the the throne room was really really cool and every time i saw it in the theater i saw the force awakens like eight or nine times or not force awakens last jedi eight or nine times in the theater uh and every single time i saw it they cheered when he killed snoke and they, <laughs> they cheered when they fought together yeah um she ultimately didn't want to go down a dark path and she wanted him so much to go with him. Mm. And they talk about this a little bit in Resistance Reborn. Leia senses it that he hurt her and she mm-hmm. wanted him to come. Because once again, it's someone leaving her behind, t- technically. Like he's leaving her for whatever is going on. Uh, he's being an idiot. But <laughs> we'll get to that yeah. another day. Um, but. Yeah, no, Ray had to do what was best for her friends and for the good of humanity, which was say no to him. Yeah. It it pains me because I wanted her to say yes, but I think that whole scene is just her showing up being like, you've, uh, you know, didn't believe in me. You didn't believe, believe in Luke Skywalker. You didn't believe in Ben Solo. We're going to ruin you to Snoke. And he ultimately did the right thing. 
Um, they're just, they're so good together. I really hope that we get to see some cool scenes with them in the, uh, the rise of oh, Skywalker. Yeah, because like what I love the most about the um, throne room fight, I can understand people's criticism. I think, like, I loved how it was in the, it was established in the wide, where basically yes. when she grabs it in the slow motion, the only tricky thing is I feel they needed to push the camera in just slightly because you can see like the stunt people kind of circle back around and yes yeah some people's criticisms but again i'm just like ah oh, they t- i i totally appreciate what ryan was trying to do because again it's something we had never seen before mm-hmm. but they just needed to push that camera and yeah. just slightly push. i almost <laughs> i i hate the whole fix it culture like that really ticked me off with the lion king where they're like oh we fixed it i almost want to oh, do that yeah. though be like oh there you go fix the throne room just push the yeah. camera in like percent but what i also loved about that and why i think i also like about the ray character is she is unbalanced if you think about it in that fight kylo or ben whichever we'll say ben because he's he's more ben in this he's calm he is like he has a moment when like you see her get like clipped that he kind of loses himself for a moment and then he like hears the guy vibrate and you almost see him kind of go okay find my center i need to Mm -hmm. stay calm like it's her that's like She's a savage, yeah. Uh, I also like that she only takes out two and he takes out the other six. Yes. Again, going back to that Mary Sue. experienced. Exactly. And I think some people, but again, because it's edited where it keeps coming back, you don't catch that. But if you just kind of put it all together as one scene, she only fights two and Kylo takes it, or Ben, sorry, keep using it interchangeably. But um, it's it's cool. (laughs) You know, he takes them out the rest of them kind of thing but um right uh my heart had never pounded so much when he was like you know who they are say it i was just like oh god here we go and then kenobi (laughs) (laughs) and i wish people would remember it's her that said they were nobody right he didn't he just like added on to that but yeah it bugs me when they're like oh you said that she was nobody i was like no she said it. He just added she on to She needed it. to say it. From the moment in the cave where she was like, show me my parents and she doesn't really see them, she needed to admit to herself that she was no one. But that doesn't make her any less important than a Ben Solo who is someone. Yeah. And that's the importance of Rey at the end of the day, is that she is no one, but yet she's going to save the galaxy. Yeah. And we're going to get to see that, hopefully, in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh Imagine, like, the first 10 minutes she dies. Everyone's like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Don't. You and I will both be like... (gasps) I'll be like, why are we here? (laughs) They'll be like, wait, what? But... (laughs) And I guess I think that's why I really identify with Rey. Um, I also love kind of that monologue that she gives. Um, It's one of the things I said was my favorite quote uh, on Pete Fletcher's show is the... I, you know, um, what is it? God, uh, something inside me has always been there, but now it's yeah. awake. It, it, it's yeah. almost like a coming out speech, but not just for like orientation for anything. Like she, it's for the first time she is vocalizing she's different. It's like it's yes. almost like kind of like that secret that's been buried, and it's just like I I saw that and I was like God, this is like someone admitting they have a substance abuse problem or that they have an illness or you know that just verbalizing it. But then it's like okay, it's now out there. Now, what are we going to do about it kind of thing? And just that vulnerability that she played. Daisy just does. She is the master of just like subtle, like emotion changes. She totally is. Absolutely. She's, like, she lives and breathes Ray. Like it, it is her. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. I love that moment also, like, when she hugs Finn. I don't know if you've picked this up. When she hugs Finn after the first time, there's this great smile. But if you yep. watch, it slightly falls because, again, everything's different now since they last She knows because everybody knows now. Yeah. yeah. Everything's going to change kind of thing. And it was quite interesting. Um, slight spoilers for Resistance Reborn. One, she's not in it a lot, which I was a bit disappointed in. Right. But, it's mostly Poe, right? I haven't finished reading it. Yeah, it, it's mostly Poe. It's really good, but I was like, okay, when we get get back to my girl, we're not getting back. Okay, I'm now in chapter 26, <laughs> and we're still not talking to Ray. But um, mm-hmm. that's okay. That hopefully tells me there'll be a lot of her in The Rise of Skywalker, as there should be. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. But um, it's interesting that they're showing, again, that kind of uncertainty, and it's when she's in those solemn moments, you know, moments on her own, that it's like the mask is gone, her mask is gone, and she's still this just unsure kind of person. But uh, Yeah, I, I connected with that with Ray, where she's, the resistance is depending on her to do all these things, and they're depending on her to be strong and to not sh- be vulnerable. I've felt that numerous times in my life where I'm like, okay, I have to be strong. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't cry about this. If I'm going to go cry, I need to go do it in my car. Like there are things that I have, I have personally taken on as, oh, this is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I can do this. Like she says in the force awakens, like I could do this. I could do this. Um, but I connected with that with her because she found someone to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally is finding her sense of belonging and as we said at the beginning of the show, I, I've found that recently. Like, and I feel like a lot of people find that early in life. Like my, my husband has like eight friends from high school that he's known since he was like eight and like all the stuff. Like I've never had that. And I don't know if it's me as a person. We'll get into that another day. But <laughs> it, this belonging of finding who you should be with, I really connected with Ray mm-hmm. because she's been by herself her whole life and not that I've been by myself necessarily I have loving parents and I do have close friends but it's like that sense of purpose Mm -hmm. that she finds in The Last Jedi and she finds sitting on the Millennium Falcon at the end of the movie that she's like how are we going to do this and Leia's like we're good we got you and to just have that space where you have a female character who is the hero of the movie that has everybody rallying around her and saying you can do this and fully supported I totally connect with that. And I felt it at Celebration. I feel it every day online. To have people support you means the world. Yeah. And to see a character on anything, but in this movie like Ray, who has the power to do basically anything with the Force and is super strong, have these moments where she's like, am I doing okay? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this right? Like, that's important to show because yeah. no one is perfect. And yeah. I just, I, I love that about her. I think it also makes her a more human and, again, relatable character because then yes. otherwise then it would be, you know, a Mary Sue kind of thing. But no, there is right. that vulnerability. And- She's like so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the best. Uh, no, I am. Um, so that kind, what kind of-, of story is that if she's the best character of all time? Oh, I know. I, yeah, yeah, that'd be like it's a not very strong one. But um, yeah. no, I, I actually I really know what you mean because I'm I'm the same way. Like I was a military kid. So mm-hmm. my life, I had like 18 addresses by the time I was 20. Like, right, right. And this was before social media because I'm a 34. So, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like. I know what rewinding is. I know all about MySpace. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I didn't have a cell phone till high school. 
yeah I what's an say, iphone yeah i want to say yeah i think you're like a year younger than me i was like i think we're we're close but um, yeah 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 um but yeah so i i totally know what you mean and i, I think that's and that's what i also think that seems important that you can be surrounded by people who are like yes you're awesome and still feel alone and that's okay like it's okay yeah, everyone to- has moments where they just need to like okay i just need this moment yeah Exactly. There are moments where I have pity parties and people like John will be like, okay, you've had your 10 seconds, so uh, let's get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be that person, like, to be like, okay, you're all right now. Let, I'm just, yeah. Let's um. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, everything's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, well, I, I was, I ruined him over there because I was about to say, well, just to be like, and solo, you're not alone because I'm the same way. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Not so alone. yeah so finally that brings rise of skywalker so we were there at celebration we lost mm-hmm. our minds i love the reaction of james and john as well because <laughs> they didn't <laughs> yeah. really they're, they're the best they are so great they're so wonderful and the way that james is like the music is like so james because obviously he used to be in a band so yes. every time i see him like geek out about music it just it makes me laugh but then uh, I had gotten a tip that uh, Ian McDermott was backstage. So I texted them being like, hey, he's backstage. I don't know if that means anything because sometimes celebs will just come and watch panels from backstage. Yeah. But when that cackle happened, <laughs> you see John break. He's like, what? Yeah, he does like, a, uh, it'll be in the video episode. I'll show it now. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> amazing. Well, I mean, even yeah. in my own, because like I was trying to do reaction, but I was like, I think on the galaxy stage and there was like mm-hmm. a massive delay. So oh. like, it's funny because so in my trailer reaction, you can't see me because they were going around making sure no one was filming anything. But so it's just an which is re- funny because they didn't do that at mine. Yeah, which yours was the actual <laughs> yeah. stage. They but, had big like jibs and stuff. Like they weren't they weren't worried about cameras because I filmed myself, but it was so dark you could only see me at certain points. Yeah, yeah I was the same mm-hmm. way. It was like you just hear me, but it's so funny you could just hear people kind of going, "Are they playing it? Take my money!" Like because we're just staring. <laughs> it felt like ages. It had to be two minutes, at least two minutes. So we almost missed the Ian McDermott reveal (gasps) because they had to cut back to it you know because it's like a vision mix so they had to like switch the feed over but it so it wasn't i think it was a lot so for me it literally was lights up there he is roll it again like we all i bet there's someone sweating bullets going oh my god galaxy stage get them over because we almost missed that moment (laughs) and it's funny he was right in front of me when he said it It was nuts (gasps) oh my god and and she had work davis take some popcorn oh i did (laughs) the funny thing is i looked like total trash that morning like i was like so tired and i was my hair was in like a messy bun i was in like some baggy t-shirt and i'm eating popcorn at like 9 30 in the morning being like well let's do this so like he's coming out on his like little scooter segue thing so i was just taking a video like oh this will be funny if he goes by me and he stopped and i was just like and so my friend filmed it and my face is like oh so we're we're talking (laughs) the best thing is he when he was just like so uh mandalorian panel i'm like yeah and like for months john and i had been saying mandaborian for like ever because we were like who would want to show about this which i regret everything i'm so sorry john favreau if you ever heard me say mandaborian but jokingly we said it for months so in my head i'm like don't say mandaborian don't say mandaborian don't say mandaborian so he's like so why are you here i'm like 
I like Star Wars. And they didn't have the camera on me yet. So no one knew it was me. So then he's just like, all right, you like Star Wars. So what do you like about the Mandalorian? And in my head, I'm going, don't say Mandalorian. Don't say Mandalorian. And I'm like, uh, the armor. <laughs> so all the Mandalorians in the back were like, here, here. And they're like raising their hands, <laughs> cheering. I was like, this is a disaster. And then right after that, I literally saw no joke, like 20 tweets being like, who is that idiot they just interviewed saying they like Star Wars at Star Wars Celebration? I was like, oh, man. Well, do you know what <laughs> makes, it was totally me. It makes me think of, you know, that like old school video where like she's interviewing the kid that's like in like a Halloween costume. And he's yeah. like, oh, I like turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the best part of that, I wish I had like my brain works like cutscenes like Family Guy or like any type of comedy where it cuts away to a scene. When that was going on and he's interviewing me, John was on his phone because James told me a story. James said he turned to John and he goes, is that Lacey? And John goes, ugh, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Because I guess all weekend I had been like on TV screens or like people had seen me or whatever. So John was like, of course she's on camera. I was like, (laughs) and meanwhile, I'm just embarrassing myself. Terribly. Oh. Uh, I talk about Star Wars weekly, <laughs> and yet here I am. Just <laughs> I like Star Wars. To be fair, I think if I I actually had um, work Davis walk past me once in Soho. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a chip shop just off of Wardour Street in London, and not to be disrespectful, but there's not a lot of short people. I don't know what the politically correct term is, and sure mm-hmm. enough, he literally was got out of it like. Uber, went into this chip shop, got some fish and chips, and went back in this Uber. I was just like, I think that was Warwick Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's so funny, because I've actually worked with him before, because I used to work for Celebration, but it was just getting caught off guard of literally stuffing my face. (laughs) I cannot emphasize how much popcorn I had fit into my mouth. And then he's like, here, let me shove a microphone in. Oh, and everyone's listening to you, all 50,000 people in here. It's really like 4,000, but whatever. And here I am, like, st- like embarrassing, like what you do at home <laughs> when no one's looking at you. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Just uh, terrible trash. <laughs> so, trash. Yeah, so that trailer was groundbreaking. Yeah. What did yes. you think when you saw her flying over the TIE fighter? Like, in my audio reaction, I am literally, like, screaming. Like... Yeah, my trailer reaction was, oh my god, oh my god, scream, scream, scream. Oh my god, Kylo. Scream, 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 scream. Oh my god, oh my god. Like, that was my reaction. It was a terrible reaction compared to everybody else's. That's why it, like, got put up, like, months later. But, um, I... When she jumped over the TIE silencer fighter or whatever that thing is called um it would to me i was like this is the matrix this is so cool we've never seen any type of jedi do that before Mm. and so my initial thing was like if he was trying to kill her he'd just shoot her Mm -hmm. so what is going on here yeah and then of course i would you know you start to see theories and people are like oh they're training together and i was like how cool would it be if he was like uh i need your help and she's or like she says I need your help to him or something like that and he's like I'll only help you if you can jump over my ship or something and she's like okay (laughs) and then like it's like a bet like how funny would that be and then like Finn and Poe are watching being like don't do this and she's like no I can do it 
And do you then, know, it's funny, actually, that's kind of one of my headcanons as well, where it's like, because I do think that's that shot we see with them standing on, like, he's holding her staff. Yes, uh, I, he's I holding think it for her. that's tied. And I also think now that we've kind of seen in later trailers, that's the outside of the cave where we've seen them before, because there's like this, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like an adobe colored, like, cave with like these, like, pothole kind of things in it. And I feel yes. it's similar rock formations. With C-3PO, uh, the clip of them just staring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the, the uh, red reflection, possibly. Yes, the red reflection. I, it's just so weird. Like, logically, you, we've seen Kylo Ren shoot stuff. He kills Tally. My boy <laughs> kills Tally. Uh, so why would he not just shoot her if he's trying to get rid of her? If he's yeah. really that evil, he would have just killed her. Yeah. But the fact that he's like coming at her and she jumps over the ship, it just to me doesn't seem like he's trying to hit her. Yeah. And I know people are going to argue with me and they're going to be like, that makes no sense. I guess we'll see in December. Yeah, I guess we'll <laughs> see in uh, almost 30 days. <laughs> where I'm stuffing my face embarrassingly with popcorn. With popcorn. <laughs> uh, I'll be doing the same. But um, yeah, so what uh, Dark Ray, like what? Wh- what is your take on this? Like what... Where do you think her character is going in this film? Because I have, like, two ways it could possibly go. I think the most logical way is a vision of some sort, whether it be for Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, or Rey, uh, to produce itself as this is what could happen, or Mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen if you don't do something. Because I think that in in the film, when we get into The Rise of Skywalker, Ray and Kylo both don't know what they're going to do with each other. Mm. I think they left the last movie kind of being like, so what does this mean? And she's mad at him and he's mad at her and whatever. So I think Dark Ray is going to be presented to either one of them as like, this could go badly if you don't make this choice. You need mm-hmm. to face this fear. Similar to like Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back where he yeah. sees himself. Uh I think it's going to be a vision. I don't think it's going to be an actual person. I know people are saying, oh, it could be a clone. Oh, it could be something else. There's no way. There's no way they're going to have this Ray who is hugging children in Disneyland at at Galaxy's Edge be evil. Yeah. Now, if this was for adults and not children, sure, that would be really, really cool. I'd really love for her to be a bad guy. Mm. However, since it's for little kids and they do photo ops, of her hugging little kids, there's no way she's going to end up being a bad guy. So yeah. it's definitely a vision of some sort, I think. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting. I love when you kind of put that like spin on it. Cause I, those kind of things I don't think of. Cause I was like, well, maybe sure. it's one of those, like she's showing that she can go to the dark, but can come back kind of Ooh, thing. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? But then it yeah, also yeah. explains though, because this it's it's a, obviously I of course love the dual lightsaber because again before Rey the only kind of female Jedi I ever identified with was in a video game you know Bastila Shan yeah yeah and it's just like and I mean she's a bit of a British brat but you know what I mean like it's <laughs> but she had the double lightsaber and of course there's some parallels with the whole Bastila and Revan thing with the kind of maybe Rey and Kylo thing kind of thing I mean my God the masks even look very similar but I digress. Yeah. Yeah. So seeing like that double lightsaber, like I saw the the, the live stream kind of or like the live tweets from Slimo, Slomo. Oh, I don't know how to say that handle, but it was, I think it's Slimo. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, what? And then even like even though I was like told, like I was just not expecting the way it like like extends. Right. I'm, like, it's like a kind of like a butterfly knife or something where it like flips open. Yeah, and so I'm like, is that? 
a vision? I mean, that's a very specific kind of prop to show, whereas, like, I don't know, like, I, ugh, yeah, I, I just was like, I, okay, everything's been flipped on its head. And what I love about the trailers is we have no idea, like, what's coming, like... So that's the crazy thing, is I feel like Last Jedi, going into the movie, I had a pretty good idea, not necessarily everything, but, like, of a basic idea of what's going to happen, mm. like a basic plot line. I have no idea what's happening in this movie, and I say it all the time <laughs> yeah. on the podcast where I'm like, how can I talk about this if I have no idea where JJ's saying this? Because he's so good at tricking people and yeah. like, misleading you so that you go in surprise. And I love that about him, but it's bad if you talk about it all the time. So that being said, I have no idea where this movie's going to go, but logically, the only way I can explain Dark Ray is a vision of some sort and that it's not actually her. Mm. And okay, clones well. to me is just weird. Oh God! Thank you. And you know, but you know what? If it is a clone, I'm sure I'll love it. Oh, but for oh. now, I no. Yeah. <laughs> At this point in time, yeah. I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. That's the kind of. It's funny because like on my like live streams and things, I have like things in arabesque. James could probably pick this out. I put all these like little jokes and clues. Yes. And I have it say raised on a clone or Matt Smith is a liar or porgs aren't food you know those kind of things but oh Matt Smith Matt Smith is actually playing Dark Ray is what John <laughs> told me that she is he's the one playing Dark Ray that's what I heard uh, from John Howey of Star Wars Newsnet exclusive you got the exclusive here exclusive oh so I know everyone kind of jokes on the podcast with you and some of the patrons and things mm. about Ben Solo dying. <laughs> yeah. It's an ongoing joke for a year and a half now. <laughs> Never ends. I think I put up uh, like around celebration when we first got the title of the, the movie and the trailer and everything. Um, I started putting up that clip of Angela from The Office where she's like taking pills when uh, Kelly gets some promotion or she's in charge of something and she's like I'm just preparing you know taking <laughs> like Tylenol like that's been me for the past year because I don't want him to die and I know this episode's about Ray, so I don't want to go crazy into it but he is the son of Han and Leia two of the greatest Star Wars characters ever why would you have him die that is the most depressing thing I've ever heard yeah ever um, you think it might be possible? I know this is going to be way out there kind of thing, and I don't think they'll <laughs> yeah. go that far out there. Cause sure. I, it's interesting, because like, obviously people have different takes on things, and like I know some people are like, oh, he'll die saving her, but then people are like, oh, but then that, does that like, you know, degrade her strength as a character, and women don't need no. saving in this age. I mean, there's some things, like, there's some hot takes, and I'm all for people having hot takes, but there are some that I'm just like, okay, wow. You know, and I, I'm <laughs> almost worried. I'm like, if they do become romantic, does that then, you know, because this whole, oh, it's an abusive relationship. It's not a relationship yet, so we can't say it's abusive, but that's just my hot take. But, sure. uh, you know, sure. what I, it's really... So I was wondering, it's like, I, there's obviously some Beauty and the Beast parallels and Death and the Maiden. Yes. And oh my God, we could, that's a whole that, that they're yeah. uh, literary thing. What it if it's is. Almost I'll like come a, back for that one. Yeah. What if it's almost like a Beauty and the Beast thing? Not that she says, I love you kind of thing, but like, what if she's the one who knows how to like, oh, what's, what's the term Palpatine says? Um cheat not cheat death but um the midichlorian thing like this is really uh, out there um but almost like not she almost like brings him back to life so he does die oh like know. healing yeah like healing type thing yeah 
I mean, it's a the bit whole thing much, is but... for him to be Ben Solo, he has to completely shed Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Now, is that dying and then coming back to life? That would be crazy. That's to me, that's like tangled. Like he dies and then she brings oh, him back. Oh, I didn't it's, even think about that. Yeah, it's very, very tangled to mm. me. And I know I've seen that before too. And I'm, it's always exciting when you see other people that think the same thing. You're like, oh, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> um, I think if he dies sacrificing himself for her, it's not going to be like, oh, and then he saves the day. Like he hits the button type thing. Like, oh, he hit the button to self-destruct whatever. It's going to be he dies to save her so that she can then save the day. Mm. Like he's the step for her to finish doing what she needs to do to Mm -hmm. be the hero. I think that doesn't degrade anything. I think if you send a message of the hero doesn't have any help along the way, that's not realistic because Mm -hmm. nobody's going to do everything by themselves. I mean, look at movies like Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Harry didn't do it by himself. He did it with Ron. He did it with Hermione. And then he faced it on his own. Like it could be the same thing where Ben gets taken out early on. Again, this is hurting me to say that he's being taken out, but he could die that way. And if he does die, and I say this a lot too, I'll probably be okay with it if they do it the right way and it it makes sense within the story. I just personally don't want him to die because I feel like then Han's death kind of doesn't make, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if he was going to die anyway in the end, then why did Han have to die? Yeah. Because then there's no arc for him to be good or to do anything. Which, um, you know, James and John have different thoughts of redemption. They think that he's going to be redeemed and then die. And that could be the case. But then you're getting back into Darth Vader territory. Well, yeah, this is what I was about to say. It's like, I and I actually feel, I think it might have been you that said it, but it's like, I want him to be redeemed, but he has to live with his choices. Like, I don't know. Does everyone know that he's been solo or... Is well, that's what Ray? I've said too. Is that Ray or yeah. and just Ray and Finn because they happen to be in the room? Well, no, Hux knows. Hux knows because he says, "Careful, don't let your personal feelings." So he must know that he's on Solo's son. But right. I don't think right. the whole First Order knows. And everything. or like the universe, yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody necessarily knows. But going back to the initial start of this question, I don't think he needs to die. For her to save the day. And mm-hmm. I also think that if he does die to help her, I don't think that takes away from Ray as a character. Yeah. Ray is going to save the day. Ray is the protagonist. She is the hero of the series. And this movie is going to highlight that and show her stronger than ever before. And I can't wait to see it happen. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Wrapping up, what do you yeah. think is going to be the final shot? What would you like it? How would you like it to end? Oh, that is tough. Um, I want the cheesy Return of the Jedi, everyone's smiling, hanging out together, celebration shot. I think that they've stressed a lot that these movies are about family. To me, I've always connected with Star Wars and it's a part of my life because of that sense of belonging and being with other people and finding where you fit. And I feel like the best ending to this story would be that everybody's together. Yeah. So some type of celebration, they're at the base... I don't think it needs to be Ray by herself or Ray and Ben by themselves or anything like that, like Pride and Prejudice style. No, this is about togetherness, family, belonging. So I want the cheesy, yub-nub, celebration, smiling, looking at each other shot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 
I think I want that too, but I mm-hmm. think it would be cool to have it then end with the Falcon pulling up, goes into hyperspace, and then that means oh yeah, it takes off yeah, yeah, and then ends, and then that because then that means the adventure continues, but in some shape or form we don't know kind of thing because you guys i think mentioned it in like the latest episode that like the falcon is almost a character in itself as well yes absolutely i think they're making a 10 i think anybody (laughs) that thinks this is the end is uh fooling themselves i think they're making a 10 but it's not going to happen probably for like five eight years from now yeah they're going to make a 10 and i think it's going to be focused on Ray and Finn and and Poe, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Adam Driver will be involved, but if they threw a big fat check at him, I'm sure he'd do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he's got a kid. Kid's got to go to college. So I didn't know he had a kid. Oh. He does. It's secret, secret child. Someone <laughs> let it slip, actually. And then Mark Hamill confirmed it. He's like, ah, oh, yes, he has a two-year-old kid. And everyone was like, what? So. Bless him. To be fair, I bet these people they want to have like a pretty private life. Like John seems to be. Oh. John Boyega's like, hey, I think he's the only one. If I saw in London, I would be okay to say hi to. Like, He'd if, love it. Like if He'd I saw totally Daisy, I'd just like say if I saw her in the tube, I would literally just be like, I think you're awesome. like I'd write it on a note. I think you're awesome. Like I could never like <laughs> give her a sticky note. Just hold it up. Be like, you're the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, poor Daisy. I don't know if you heard the story of like she was in her old apartment and like the Google car caught her outside her house. No, I haven't heard. This. She was ta- she was like taking out the trash or something, and the Google car went by her, the Street View car. Oh no! So someone figured it out, and then everyone <gasps> figured out where she lived. So she had to get a new house. Yeah. Oh my god! So that's why. Oh. Technology. So now she lives in like some like high rise or something like big yeah. tower with a security guard uh rightfully so but yeah. yeah no that's why because they just figured out where she is and adam driver like walks around Lo- uh, not london um new york. new york and stuff but he's a big guy like i don't see people messing with him he's like six something oh uh, yeah he's tall i think he's like six six or six seven like he's huge like they had the costumes uh at awesome con and his costume specifically for Last Jedi. And the mannequin is gigantic. Like, my face comes <laughs> up to, like, the center bottom of his man boobs. Like, I'm <laughs> tiny compared to him. Like, just tiny. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a big guy. He could probably just, like, push me. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but he's just a big guy. No, he's... Palm my head. That's what I was thinking. He has big hands. He does, like, yeah. <laughs> I digress. Ray's the best. She's yes. the best character in Star Wars. So after, you were saying about an episode 10. So do we, yeah. if there isn't like an episode 10, do you think we'll definitely, because obviously because she's a character at Galaxy's Edge and things like that, do you think we'll kind of see now a new kind of more books afterwards? Or do you think they'll just kind of put the character to rest for a bit after? No, Ray is... Ray is Star Wars and Disney Star Wars. They they're not putting her to bed or putting her to sleep for a little bit. She's <laughs> I would say maybe a year. Like mm-hmm. give it some breathing room, but then you're gonna get books and comics and I'm sure some type of movie eventually. Because Daisy is so young. It would just be I think stupid she's to leave that on the table. Yeah. Yeah. She's so, got time. Yeah. <laughs> she's got plenty of time. You got plenty of time, honey. <laughs> plenty of time. Uh, no, she's not going anywhere. I think they're going to let it breathe just because they're marketing this as the final chapter. But uh, there's way more Ray coming, I'm sure, mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. Which I can't wait for. Oh, yeah. Me too. Like anything. Like I want to read the Allegiance 
Is it Allegiance? Yeah. Allegiance Comics. Yes. Whatever. Because the interesting thing, I meant to mention this when we were talking about The Rise of Skywalker, it seems like she's struggling with her Force powers now that the connection's kind of broken or whatever. Have you heard about this? Uh, is this the one where she fights the person or fights the big monster? I she's on the so. planet I, with the junk. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. Like, almost like she's like, why can't I do this? It's almost like because the connections. She severed. seems really feisty in those comics. Like really like, I don't need anyone's help. Like very like, I don't know if the word is like toughened or like snarky. Jaded. But I think she's just <laughs> in a bad mood because Ben didn't go with her. <laughs> like I'd be mad too, but I think she's just like feeling the pressure of the resistance and then thinking she's in charge. It's going to be an interesting dynamic going into this next movie because the girl that we saw in The Last Jedi was crying and unsure of herself. And then the girl we're seeing in these trailers a year later angry. is tough and angry. Yeah. yeah, like that look she's giving him in the where like the water, the famous like yeah. water, because I took it. But as- I do. <laughs> yeah, and the way I took it is the way when he kind of flips the saber down. I almost took that as like a like a submission. Like I'm that's not a I'm gonna come fight you. That's almost like a hang on a second. And also the visual effect person is me is yeah they're gonna kind of like look at each other four different times because the background keeps changing behind her. First it's a massive gun, then there's no gun, then there's like they're just like yeah. I wonder- well, it's funny you say that because I actually took all the clips from the trailers of them fighting and then put music over them because someone had mentioned like oh well I wonder if this had a certain song so I put like Duel of the Fates yes. Battle of the Heroes yeah so when I put those clips together I noticed I was like these are all very different shots like <laughs> it didn't make sense but like together because it's the same setting you're like oh this looks great but like it really was terrible if you're looking at it as an editor because you're <laughs> like this makes no sense why would he be over here and then she's over here like it doesn't yeah. yeah, and I also think this fight happens after they see each other in the throne room, in the Emperor's throne room, because they're very dry, and that's, you know, that mm. that, that wonderful shot where, like, she yes. has the high ground and everything. They're dry. Prettiest, yes. So That's the prettiest shot in the trailer, I would say. I is, argued that on oh, the, the podcast. I was so happy when I heard that the guy who did the um, Blade Runner 2049 art director was going to be... The art director for um the name escapes me but was the art director for the rise of skywalker's like oh we are in for yes some. yes blade runner was beautiful yes Whew. the lighting alone was perfect for blade runner i know this isn't a blade runner podcast but if <laughs> you okay. want to look at just like beautiful filmmaking watch blade runner yeah. i remember watching it being like the lighting in this is so wonderful and understated um, I'm so glad that it won the Oscar, I think, for cinematography, Blade Runner did. Yep. And visual effects. Right. Rightfully <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> so with that, sadly, we're going to have to um, wrap it up. So, Lacey, where can they find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, And you can find me Monday and Thursdays on the Resistance broadcast at RB. A-T-S-W-N-N, and then also on days that The Mandalorian is on Disney+, Plus, the premiere dates, you can find me on the Mando fan show, with the exception of a couple days, but I'll be uh, guesting on it a lot. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter at From Galaxy's Edge. You can also find me at uh, on Instagram with postcards from the Galaxy's Edge and Facebook. And I also have a Patreon page. All the links can be found down below. With that, I will say thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time. Bye! See you later!